It's, it's my, my absolute privilege to be with you wherever you are this morning. Thank you for being with us. And today, we begin a four-week teaching series called Powerful Prayers. In this series, we want to encourage and challenge you to take a next step in your praying to God. But uh, doesn't the title sound intimidating? I mean, who is it who says powerful prayers? And how do you form a powerful prayer? And what your words do you use for powerful praying? And how do you get your heart right for a prayer like that? My first thought when I heard we were doing this series called Powerful Prayers was, I should not teach in this series. I should not teach in this series because I'm not a powerful prayer. I'm like a weak prayer. I've always thought as a church leader that there were people who were more powerful prayers in our congregation and on our board and on our staff. And I've always really privately thought of myself as a prayer wimp. So I, I was wondering, uh, as I thought about this, should I really teach here? And then I thought about you. And I bet a whole bunch of you feel like prayer wimps. You feel uninformed or undisciplined, unable to speak well with God, unable to find the words, unable to know what I should be bringing to God. And so I decided this whole series was for people like you and me, people who need to take a next step in praying. Like Doug said before, uh, uh, Pew Research uh, did uh, research and said 94% of American adults have prayed at least once in the last three months. And they went on and it said 82% of those 94%, 82% of the 94% have prayed alone and silently. So it's not just they pray at meals, it's not just they come to church and pray, but 82% of the 94% pray alone and silently. As I thought about teaching this morning, I thought that my prayer has been a journey. And I got to thinking every single one of us has a prayer history, a prayer journey. And I want to begin there today, whether you're 10 years old in elementary school or whether you're 88 years old in a nursing home, we have a prayer journey. We have some prayers we've said, and I want us to think about our own personal prayer journey. So I'm going to begin sharing uh, getting you to think by sharing my own personal prayer journey. And the first thing I realized as I thought about my prayer journey is I have a history of earnest, deep prayers. And I bet you do too. I've cried out to God for clarity at certain points in my life. I've prayed hard. I also believe you have these kind. I, one of my, as a youth director, one of my favorite spiritual questions in our small groups that I used to lead was, when's the last time you prayed really hard in your life? And kids would say, well, when my mom and dad got a divorce, when my little brother got sick, when my mom got cancer, when I really wanted to make the first team, students would say, I prayed hard. So that's what we're getting at here. What's your history of praying hard? My first real intense praying that I remember was in the top bunk of my bedroom with my brother asleep on the bottom bunk. It's the middle of the night. Last week, the week before, I had been at church camp, and they had uh, wanted us to say a prayer of salvation, so we'd give our heart to Jesus, and they gave us a stick, and they said, hey, when you pray this prayer, uh, throw it in the fire. Well, I was feeling manipulated. I wasn't going to do it. Nobody's pushing me into anything. So I took my stick, and instead of throwing it in the fire, I took a little walk, and I threw it in a cornfield. 
And, uh, but God was working on my heart. And in that top bunk, on that dark night, I said my first prayer. And it went something like that. God, if you're real, please help me know you. I think I prayed that prayer several nights. That was my first memorable personal prayer. Intense. The next earnest prayer in my journey that I remember um, is what I would call now a prayer of salvation. It went like this. Dear God, forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I want Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord, my rescuer, my leader. I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. I want to be with you forever in heaven. I want to live for you. I think I prayed that prayer a hundred times. Why a hundred times? Because I wanted God to know that I meant it. And I wanted to be sure he heard me. So I prayed that salvation prayer all those times. I wanted to be sure I got into his heaven. Another intense, memorable prayer. I just remembered this week. Tuesday of this past week was my wife and my 50th anniversary of the night I proposed. So I proposed to her in an early evening by writing, Will You Marry Me in the Sand? And that was 50 years ago on Tuesday. And she said, yes. That's the best yes I've ever gotten. And what we did prayer-wise one year later was we stood on a little rise at the Cedar Falls Bible Conference grounds, and we had just been moved by a talk, and we held hands, and we gave our marriage to God. We said, God, take the rest of our lives together. That was a powerful personal prayer. Intense. Then when, here's the next one I, I can kind of remember, and again, I'm asking you to think about your life. Every time we brought one of our babies home from the hospital, and we had four children, some point the next week or two, I would walk into their room in the dark, late at night, and I would listen to them breathe. And then I would reach out my hand, and I'd put him on him, and I would dedicate this baby to God. And I would confess that he knows, he loves them more than I do. He cares, and he can help them more than I do, and I gave him to God. I felt so much love for them and from God at those times. Powerful. Then we had the twins born, and many of you have heard about this. Joel and Em, our twins were born premature, and the doctor had said to me, probably one or both of them may not live. And I had this intense bargaining prayer with God. You ever had a bargaining prayer with God? God, if you'll do this, if you'll save my twins' lives, I will serve you my whole life. I will give you all my money. I will uh, walk away from sin. I will. I had a bargaining prayer with God. Dear God, if you let them live, I will serve you, obey you, give you my whole life. When our family members were killed five years ago on that highway in Florida, three of them, Ben, Charlie, and Bailey, and a lot of you have heard me teach this too, it was a powerful prayer, but all it was was a groan. As I drove 20 hours to Florida, all I could do in the car was groan, no words. Oh, oh. And you know what I believe now about that prayer? that intense prayer, the Holy Spirit of God took those groans and interpreted them to the Father and told the Father exactly what I needed to tell the Father. That's how the Holy Spirit works. 
And then when I did get words over the next couple, few weeks and months, about the only prayer I could say is, help me, God. The last one I want to share this morning, 11 months ago when my oldest son, Jeremy, got cancer, I realized my prayers have changed. I'm not about telling God what he needs to do anymore. I'm really not even about bargaining. I just, and many of you know this about me, I've just learned to surrender. God, I I want you to heal Jeremy, but whatever your will is, that's the will of God. And I want to get on board with the will of God, so help me, Father. I bet if you would take a few minutes to think about your prayer journey this morning, and I hope you will, I bet you've had some intense prayers, and maybe some of you have had intense prayers since COVID-19 struck. I bet you could make a list of some of the earnest, groaning, deeply emotional prayers you've prayed in your life. God, heal me. God, forgive me. God, help me. God, make my marriage work. God, help me find a spouse. Give me kids. Help us get pregnant. Take my mom to heaven with no pain. God, help me trust you more. Forgive my sin. I just keep sinning. It would be powerful and help you if you would simply jot those down and say, here's my intense, urgent, earnest prayers. My favorite verse in the scriptures on prayer is 1 Thessalonians 5, and it says this, um, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray continually. And so there's a continually part of our prayers that need to be. And so when I look at my prayer history, I realize that I've had a journey of daily efforts to pray. Um, So when I think about my own prayer history, I've got the history of earnest deep prayers, and then I've got this daily efforts to pray. And I've got a whole ton of them. And I've got seven of them on here. I just want to mention, because one of these might be the very tool you need today to take a next step in praying. For years... I journaled and prayed what's called acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And really what it means is adoration, telling God how great he is. Confession, telling God what I'm sorry about, my sins. Thanksgiving, telling God what I'm thankful for. And then supplication, telling God what I want and need as I surrender to him. Acts prayer. That's one of the first things I I did in my efforts to uh, pray more daily. For a long time, and some of you heard me teach about this years back, I prayed almost always on my knees. That was another tool. You know why I prayed on my knees? Because I need to remember who God was. He was the king. I was his servant. So if you're having trouble praying, maybe one of the tools you need to do is change your physical position. Maybe one of the tools you need to do is like get on your knees. Uh, It just reminded me so well that God is the king, and I'm the servant. And then I found out, I talk best when I'm moving. So then almost always my prayers for a while were walking and running, even a couple minutes ago before the service started here. While Doug was praying, I was pacing, because I still find that as a tool that's helpful to me. For quite a while, I had a prayer list, and I would write down and keep a written list And even when I saw God move and work, I put a little check mark by the list. 
uh, I ran through a time when I wrote my prayers because I have so I have an attention deficit. I like try to do something for a little while and then my mind's off. So then I wrote down my prayers. That might be a tool that would help you. This. Uh, this next one, if you'd have told me when I was 30 I would be doing this in my 60s, I would have said, you're just crazy. I actually now read other people's prayers. At 30, if you would have told me I would have done that, I would say, well, why? Why do I want to read somebody else's prayer when I'm trying to share my heart with God? And now if I were to answer myself, I would say, because their words are better. Their words do a better job of telling God what's in my heart than my words do sometimes. And I just love reading other people's prayers and making them to myself. And then, again, a lot of you have heard me teach this, the surrender prayer. God, here's what's in my hands. Here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm struggling with. I give it all to you. I give it to you. And I bet in your journey of prayer, the 94% of you who pray in the last three months, I bet um, you could make a list of some of the efforts, some of the ways you've tried to pray. And if you put it down on a list, it would be helpful to you. It would help you know what tools have helped you in the past to pray. So I bet you've been on a journey with prayer. And the first thing I want to say, and I want you to hear this as clearly as I can speak it, wherever you are in your journey, good job. However you pray, however often you pray, however earnestly or dis disciplined or undisciplined you pray, good job. If you pray once a month or 10 times a day, good job. If you pray when you're biking or in pain or on your knees or standing on your head, doesn't matter, good job. Or if you pray every morning as a part of getting yourself centered, or you only pray when you run into a hurdle, good job. And if you pray a sentence or for hours, good job. And here's why I say that. Do you know what makes a prayer powerful? Has nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with whether you use the right words. Nothing to do with um, whether your life is lined up with God or not. Nothing. Prayers are powerful only because they're heard by Almighty God in heaven. And in his love for us, as he is with us, he moves. So during this series, we want to say to you, good job, and we want to invite you and challenge you to give some a new, renewed attention to your praying. And today, I'm bringing a specific prayer for you to consider adding to your toolbox. And the prayer is this, God, give me courage. And then finish the prayer with whatever you need courage for. God, give me courage to stop worrying, especially during coronavirus pandemic. God, give me courage to face another day at home with the kids like Doug was talking about. God, give me courage to go back to work when I'm still afraid of coronavirus. Give me courage to wear a mask and let others know I care about their health, even when I don't like masks. Give me courage to have the medical test or to receive the diagnosis or to face my own death or the death of somebody I love deeply. 
Give me courage to raise my children in these tough days. Give me courage to have patience. Give me courage to see the good in my spouse rather than just what bothers me as we're hunkered down at home. Give me courage, God. Try this one. For those, to pray for those who think differently than I do, for those who protest what I believe in, those I might even mistake for my enemies. God, give me courage to face the evil within me. Give me courage to break out of my addictions. Give me courage to take the next bold step in my life and trust you for the outcome. And the scriptures are filled with um, instructions about God asking us to have courage. And I want to begin with uh, Joshua 1. And this is Joshua, and Joshua's getting ready to lead his people into some new lands. And this is God speaking to Joshua, and God says this, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land. Be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua was standing alone, ready to lead his people, and God said, you need to have courage. Have you noticed that what takes courage for one people person is often easy for someone else? Like, it's pretty easy for me to stand here and teach you, but some of you would be deathly afraid. It would require huge amounts of courage. Or how about handling snakes? For some people, that's fun. For others of you, that would take a huge dose of courage. Or getting a blood test, or having a deep conversation, or doing a ropes course. What's fun for one requires courage of another. So what is it God is asking you to have courage in today? And the spirit that God puts in us, when we pray that salvation prayer that I talked about earlier, when we cross that line of faith, the spirit God puts in us is, is one, of, uh, one of power. So uh, the next verse here, 2 Timothy 1.7, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, frightened, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. That was Paul writing to Timothy. Now, the next verse is Paul writing to the whole church in the city of Corinth. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be courageous. God's challenging us to be courageous, and the beginning of courage is this prayer. God, please give me courage. Uh, after Jesus is uh, crucified, and then he's raised, uh, and he spends 40 days, and then he goes to heaven, here's a verse in Acts 4.13, where it talks about what the people saw in his followers. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. What did they see? Did they see the sermon that he gave when 3,000 people gave their hearts to Jesus? No. Did they see the faith they had? Did they see the miracles? What was it they saw? They saw the, 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 the quiet, solid courage of these disciples. So interesting. And they took note they had been with Jesus. The powerful part of prayers is God. 
I still am a wimpy, weak prayer. And so are you. But God has taken many of the prayers that you've said, that I've said, that the disciples prayed, and he made them powerful. Sometimes God's taken prayers I should have prayed that I didn't even have words for, I didn't even know I should pray, and has made them powerful. He did the same thing with Timothy, Peter, John, and Paul. He wants to do it for you too. He wants to change you. He wants you to whisper this prayer. God, give me courage. When we teach on Sunday like this, and I and all of our teachers never know exactly what God wants to whisper into your ears, into your heart. So we tend not to be very prescriptive. And so I don't know what comes after. God, give me courage to... I have no idea what it is for you, what he wants you to hear. Maybe he's whispering that you need to take a very bold step this week, get out of the box and do that thing which you've been hesitating on for months, maybe. Maybe you need to simply ask God to give you courage for one more week at home with the kids. Maybe there's a decision that you should have made two weeks ago. But it's kind of like handling snakes. It's like, I hate making decisions. And you need to ask God to give you courage for that. Maybe it's got something to do with Mother's Day. I don't know, right? Maybe you need the courage to tell your mom you love her or you're praying for her or she's been the best mom you've ever had or you forgive her or you wish you could be with her. Maybe, and I think this is true for lots of our congregation, your job is a little bit uncertain right now. And you need the courage to go in tomorrow, if you still are working, and do that teleconference work to the best you can, even though you don't know if you'll still have the job in 30 days. I want to close by saying good job on your prayer history. You can do this. You can remember how God's worked through your prayers to this point and how you've prayed. And you can think about your prayer journey. And you can pray and ask God to give you courage for that thing that he is whispering to you that you need courage for. And then just like the disciples here, people around you will see that quiet, deep courage that almighty God gives you. Let's pray. Dear God, wherever we are right now, in living rooms, in bedrooms, in kitchens, in cars, listening to this, Father, help us remember our journey with prayer. Help us remember those intense prayers we've prayed, those urgent prayers we've prayed. And help us remember all those tools we've developed. And God, help us pray. Give us courage for whatever it is you would lead us towards. And in this day of coronavirus, Father, courage is more needed than ever. 
and this prayer can help us. Give us the courage to pray the prayer on courage. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.